1: All right, on round two, let's see. We have Sunira Chaudhry, who is an employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzi is here, Queens Park bureau chief at the Toronto Star, and like I say, Dowson, Montreal radio commentator. And I'm just bringing up my menu here because I want to, uh, I want us to talk about all the right important things this morning. I guess we could start with uh, TikTok. I was astonished to discover in a conversation with Jugmeet Singh this morning that he has 800,000 followers on TikTok. But now TikTok is being bounced off of all public phones that uh, belong to the federal government, and a lot of the parties are rethinking their strategies. For example, Jugmeet's not going to be doing any TikTok for a while. Uh, Robert Benzi, I don't know if you follow politicians on TikTok. I have to say, I've not yet got the, the swing of this particular platform, so I stick with the old ones.
2: Uh, you know what, John, I'm maxed out on social media platforms with Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So I don't use TikTok at all. My kids uh, like it, but I find it uh, pretty inane. And uh, I'm, I'm frankly, I, I don't blame the prime minister or or Mr. Polyev or, or Mr. Uh, Singh for for weaning themselves off of TikTok. I don't think that public servants should be using TikTok uh, on their work phones, frankly. I, I don't know why. They, I mean, I, I know governments try to reach people using TikTok, but I, I find these uh, these videos, the ones that I've seen that governments do, uh, tend to be kind of embarrassing, and the same with politicians' uh, ones. And, and, and to your point, yes, Jugmeet Singh has 800,000 uh, TikTok followers, which is impressive, but it's also proof that how, how meaningless social media actually is when it comes to getting votes out, because what did the NDP win in the last election? 25 seats across the country?
1: So, Chaudhry I'll ask you, as an employment lawyer, I mean, there's some issues here, one of them being, like, these are publicly owned phones that are for your work, so you don't really have to film a, a, a little improvised musical on it and share it with your mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, why Jug Singh would be uh, sort of touting that, um, because, of course, I don't know if he'd want his staff to be engaging in TikTok. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many employers would, especially if you are being handed a a work cell phone. I mean, the use of social media often is seen as a distraction um, by most employers, especially during the workday and, you know, not getting into the privacy issues of it as the use of social media during the typical nine to five, usually a big no-no, especially if you're, um, taking some time, you know, during the workday to to not just video yourself, but edit it, add content. I mean, it takes a long time to create some of this content, John.
1: Okay. So, and like I say, Dowson, no grief then if federal civil system clerk at the CRA is not able to uh, do a TikTok video?
3: No, I don't see any real problem. Like, you know, the U.S. military banned its members from using TikTok in 2019. That various departments of the U.S. government have already done this, and they did it in the, you know, 2019, 2020. So I don't think it's a big problem, unless it's being used to reach out to younger demographics, because, as Robert was pointing out, a lot of really young people use TikTok. They're on it. They get pretty good information from some of it. i watch watched some of these videos. They're not all silly dance videos. Some of them are highly informative about issues around mental health and other stuff. So and to the point about jugmeet singh he is very effective on tiktok and we know the ndp is popular amongst younger voters unfortunately those younger voters don't make it to the polls yeah. a lot of the time but uh, i you know one wonder is like if he's got 880000 you know followers maybe <laughs> maybe that'll have an effect on their voting participation but I, I i would think it'd be more effective to put pressure on the platforms that host tiktok right the apples and the googles than on TikTok in this way because the politicians and you know they're all on it and this this del- this directive is not going to affect whether or not politicians go on it just public servants so it seems sort of I don't know half-assed or something.
1: Jerry Agar was just offering, in the tease for his show, his view that this business with Chinese interference with the Canadian electoral process uh, could be a career ender for the federal liberals. Sunir Chowdhury, i start with you. And I'll let you take this in any direction that you want, because there's so many angles now. We have the alleged interference in two election cycles. We have the idea that the Chinese apparently wanted to donate money to the Trudeau Foundation. And then you get Justin Trudeau invoking the racist card when a certain Chinese uh, MP is uh, publicly identified as possibly possibly being on the Chinese ticket
0: yeah I'm gonna go with the that last you know door number three there John which is I think Trudeau's coming out calling this uh, anti-asian racism not calling for a public inquiry when you know this is on the mind of most Canadians most Canadians that don't even read, the news, have read headlines about an alleged Chinese uh, election interference in Canada in 2021. We've all heard about uh, a Chinese balloon in Canadian airspace being shot down by the U.S. and by Trudeau coming out, calling this uh, anti-Asian racism And, and also, you know, let's not forget that there's also an uh, uh, investigation into secret chinese police stations here in our country including toronto and i think it's a weak response uh, by trudeau not calling for a public in- inquiry um is I-, I think it's reckless at this point to 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 sort of steer the canadian population towards a conclusion without actually digging into the evidence and and offering you know some you, cogent facts about what's really going on.
1: Yeah, and like I say, Dawson, this particular scandal has the thing I call the one, two, three, you know, a scandal, you discover one thing, okay, well, I I need to know more. But when we get into day after day, this drip, drip, drip of aspects of this alleged interference, I think it is becoming more than a headache for Justin Trudeau.
3: Yeah, there is there. I mean, I don't know how preoccupied most Canadians are with this, to be honest. Like, I'm not I don't want to go up against an era, but I don't I don't think people go around worrying about Chinese interference in Canadian public life. That, you know, it's not top of mind. I think the inflation crisis and the climate crisis are much more of concern. But I and I, I suspect that other governments like I'd be curious to know if we're going to investigate independently of the parliamentary committee what China may or may not be doing in Canada. I'd like to see an investigation into what the U.S. may or may not be doing in Canadian public life. Like, that's the way the game seems to be played on multiple levels. There's all kinds of people doing lobbying in the back channels to get their agendas pushed forward. Like, I I, I don't think if, if China is doing that, and I suspect it is, I don't think they're the only ones. So if there is going to be a public investigation, I would say it, probably has to include other powerful interests, not just China. Otherwise, we are following falling a bit into an anti-Asian thing, I think. I, I, I certainly saw that during the pandemic, right? There was a real backlash against Asian Canadians. So, um, you know, I would say I would be looking for a more even-handed approach to interfering in Canadian politics by all kinds of foreign interests.
1: Okay. Your thoughts, Robert Benzie?
2: Well, you know what, John? I, I agree with scenario. I think the prime minister needs to do more to clear the air because there's a lot of conjecture flying around, a lot of, uh, you know, CSIS leaks, which, uh, you know, as Scott Reed was saying earlier on your show, uh, that, you know, it's some mid level person at CSIS who's leaking this stuff clearly. And I think that's probably true. But my concern is that you're tarring all uh chinese canadian elected officials with the same brush that somehow they're all yes. suspe- suspected of being secret agents or something which is absurd and i know the mp in question uh who, who you, you're not naming him on on the air this morning i think that's very respectful um he used to be an mpp and i and he was a political staffer at queen's park so uh, and one of the things that the CISA spy master uh in the leaked uh, in one of the leaked stories was saying was the, the as, as quote-unquote evidence is that there that that uh people were being bussed into uh into nomination meetings so that this person could win the nomination uh, in a Toronto area riding? well I, I hate to break it to thesis <laughs> so the clearly don't know anything about politics <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean exactly John I mean you and I've yeah. been around politics a long long time and guess what nomination meetings uh, uh, all over the GTA <laughs> have always been bust in people to to help win a, ca- a candidate of v- any different background not just Chinese Canadians or, or I mean it's it's so this is the thing. If that's their evidence, it's super, super wafer thin. I think there was yeah. probably some Chinese meddling. We just don't know what it is.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, pre-buses, they used to put you on a wagon and take you to the local <laughs> nomination meeting.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Stacking, <laughs> stacking a political meeting. Whoever heard of such a thing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so as soon a Canadian citizenship oath could just be a scroll and a click away. That kind of breaks my heart, Sonera.
0: Mm. Oh, me too. Me too, John, because, you know, um, I've been to, uh, the citizenship ceremony and the oath taking uh, of of my father, my dad got his Canadian citizenship despite living in Canada since 1977. Got got in in 2015. I took the day off. Uh, I remember I wore a red dress. I was so excited for him. We took photos. I went with my mom. We had a great day, um, and we were really proud. So I think it's a really big moment, even for people who've lived here, you know, longer than they've lived anywhere else. It was a it was a really special moment for our family. So to hear that it might be done away with and that you could um, get your Canadian citizenship with a click, Uh, it's, I think it takes away a a really sort of special moment for families that, that come to Canada.
1: Yeah, Robert Benzie, I've been to some of these ceremonies, one in particular for a friend of mine from New Zealand who was being sworn in. The judge was quite fancy in her robing. She wore white cotton gloves and people were bursting into tears as they clutched her and she handed them the paperwork. You know what? Yeah,
2: I mean, I grew up here. I actually became a Canadian citizen about twenty years ago, John. Even though I'd been here since I was a child, I was born in Australia but I just never got around to it till after 911 and it became such a pain in the butt to get to go across the border to go to the US needing a visa and all these other things I finally got went around got around to getting my citizenship and I was kind of cynical going to it and I, you know I had to do the test and all of these things and but I I to this nearest point I was genuinely moved it was at St Clair right near your old studio John on, on St Clair uh, Avenue and I thought I, it was it was I, it was a moving and it was moving for me personally because I love this country and I've lived here for most of my life. But it was also to see other people so excited and so grateful to be Canadians. It was something I think all Canadians should be forced to actually go to one of these at some point and just see how appreciative so many people from around the world are to be Canadian. So I, I really would oppose this being an online click. It's not ordering uh, widgets from Staples. You know, this is something that you should be in in person because it's meaningful and an important thing.
1: And you're right, but just clicking and waiting. I suppose you'd get updated emails. Your citizenship is on its way. <laughs> it's out for delivery. Uh, and like I say, Dowson in the final seconds, your thoughts?
3: Well, I wonder if it wouldn't be a good idea to offer people the choice. Like some people can't make it or I don't know Um, but I agree there is something kind of cool about the the togetherness aspect of it quite apart from the chest thumping I think it is a
1: a big transitional moment for a lot of people thank you all good to have you this morning and uh, thanks to everybody for listening Nick Marano and Joe Cristiano for their work mostly silently on the other side of the glass Catch the round table. Round one at 7:45. Round two at 8:45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.